Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. All right, and I'm going to get into today's message, and I want to share something that seemed very odd to me a couple of weeks ago, but I was in Walgreens, and I was at the cash register, and I was paying a couple of things that I was buying there, and all of a sudden, I looked at the magazine rack, you know, and as I was looking at the magazine rack, I noticed some of the faces that were on the cover of those magazines, and some of the faces on the, on the cover of the magazine were uh, Lady D, Diana, Olivia Newton-John, Prince, Tupac, for those that grew up in the 90s in the hip-hop world, all right? JFK, Roberto Clemente, the baseball player. And as I looked at the cover of all these magazines, I said, my God, all these people have one thing in common. What is it? They're all dead. Like, all the people gracing the front page of all these magazines, none of these guys are alive. And as I was looking at all those pictures, I was, I was thinking two things in my head. The first thing I was thinking was like, I wonder if anybody shared with them the good news of Jesus. That's the first thing I was thinking about. And the second thing I was thinking about, I wonder if they accepted Jesus in their heart as their Lord and Savior. I wonder if, if these guys are in heaven, am I going to see them again? Or, or they live their best time here on earth, but they won't be there with me when I get there. And then, as the days went on, we saw the passing away of who? Of Queen Elizabeth. And, you know, I didn't really know too much about her history till some years ago that I started to see a, a show on Netflix called The Crown. I know that a lot of you guys might have seen that series, and I'm waiting for the next one to come up. And I've been waiting for over a year and a half now. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, do the producers need money or something like that? But anyways, as Queen Elizabeth's path, and I saw everything that was going on, those two questions, I wonder if somebody has preached to her, and I wonder if she's going to be in heaven, were both answered yes to me. Why? Because I know that back in the 50s, the great Reverend Billy Graham preached to the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, and she invited Jesus into her heart in that time with him privately. She had over 15 private audiences with Billy Graham through the years because of spiritual questions that she had. And she would either fly him over there or she would actually come down to Montreat, a little mountain where he lived in North Carolina, and there they would have conversations about God. Can you imagine that? So I know that right now, okay, the queen, okay, just met the king. And I'm not talking about Elvis, the king, all right? I'm talking about the king of kings. The queen just walked into the presence of the king of kings because somebody shared the word with her. Come on, you can put your hands together for that. Someone shared their faith with her. And she made a decision to invite Christ into her heart. You see, all of us in this room are surrounded by people all the time. We're surrounded by family members. We're surrounded by friends. We're surrounded by coworkers. We're surrounded by neighbors. We're surrounded by teammates. 
And all these people that are around us, there's, there's a question that comes to my mind. How many of them know God? How many of them, if they were to pass today into eternity, would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? You see, in the last few weeks, I've been impacted by two stories that have happened locally here in our town. And one of them has to do with some crazy driver that got on the Palmetto and started driving against traffic. You guys heard that story? Okay. And he killed five teenagers that were in a car. This guy was drunk out of his mind. All right. And gets in the palmetto, starts going against traffic, runs into a car, and immediately these five teenagers just pass away. They die. And then a couple of days later, Labor Day comes around, and there's a a bunch of kids on a boat out in the Keys, and you guys heard that story as well, okay, that the boat capsizes, and people get hurt. One of those students dies. And when I started hearing all those things, I was actually with one of my kids, my son. And he told me something that even to this moment just resonates with me. You know what he told me? He goes, Dad, he goes, you could be here one moment and the next second be standing in front of Jesus. That was his conclusion when he heard that. You could be here one moment and in the next moment be standing in front of Jesus. You imagine those people that were in that car. They got in that car. They didn't know that that was going to be their last day here on earth. And on impact, they literally closed their eyes. And all of a sudden, when they opened their eyes, they're in front of God. Isn't that crazy? That's, that, 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 that is like so crazy. So the title of this series that we've been doing is called Go and Tell. Can you say that with me? Go and tell why because there's so many people around us that need to hear the good news of the gospel of jesus so many people i got a big amen right back there from my friend so today i'm closing out this series all right of go and tell and by the way next week all right i'm going to be sitting there like one of you guys receiving god's word from my good friend pastor joe rosa that he's going to be here next sunday is going to be powerful. I want to encourage you guys that you come and that you bring friends. I really believe that next week is going to be a powerful weekend. Pastor Joe, okay, he's coming because he's our main speaker for the Champions Men's Conference. Any guys out there this morning? All right, my guys, let me tell you. All right, today is the last day to register, okay, for our men's conference, which is next Friday and next Saturday, all right? And I want to ask you, Okay, I don't want to ask you. (laughs) I want to beg you, please sign up and come to the men's conference. You're not going to regret it. We're living in a season where men are so important in this society. And a lot of us, we've believed so many things through so many years because we failed. We've tried our best and we failed. People told us that we're failure. People have told us we're not going to make it. People have said real men are in an extinction. But I want to tell you something. According to God, you're a champion. According to God, you're a champion. And he's wired you to win. He has not wired you to lose. So there's some stuff that we need to work at, man. And I'm going to be waiting for you guys this Friday night. 
Okay, so at the end of the service, there's a QR code probably right behind me. You could look at that QR code with your phone. You could register there. Or at the end, you go out there. I'm going to have some of the guys with the Kingdom Men shirts out there. Information Center, sign up for the men's conference. I had a wife come to me this week. And she told me, Pastor, I'm about to sign up my husband and my two kids. And I'm like, do they want to come? And she goes, I don't know, but I'm about to sign him up and my two kids as well. If you're 14 and up, you are welcome to come to the men's conference. All right? Oh, but pastor, they're too little. Let me tell you, they're not too little to see a lot of the content that's coming on on their phone. So they could come in here and receive God's word and God's design for what God wants to do in their life. So all my men, I want to see you here, all right, on Friday night for the men's conference. So as we close the Go and Tell series, today I've titled this message, How Do I Share My Faith? How do I share my faith? You see, I put on this camouflage shirt today. And like, I had a person come to me at the beginning. like, Pastor, you're ready for war today? I'm like, you better believe it. And he goes, what are you preaching on? How to share your faith. And I'm like, it's like a war when you go out there, you know, when you got to share your faith. Because you don't know what you're going to encounter. But we got to share our faith. And Matthew 28, this has been our key verse for this series. If you guys could go on your phones or you have your Bible with you. Matthew 28 verse 19 through 20. These are Jesus's last instruction to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. And he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. What does he say? To go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So how many of us want to be obedient to what Jesus is asking us to do? I want to be obedient to what Jesus is asking me to do. This is called the Great Commission. He's commissioning his church. He's telling his church, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to focus until I come back. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize people. Go and teach them what, what I've taught you. Church, We need to share our faith. Tell the person next to you, you need to share your faith. All right? Now tell the other person you ignore them like, I didn't forget about you. You need to share your faith. All right? So what I want you guys to learn today, I want to share with you three different methods that you could use to share your faith with others. Three different methods that you could use to share your faith with others. But before I get to number one, I want to tell you two stats that just blow my mind. Number one, one of these stats says that 88% of people want someone close to them to share their faith. 88% of people. They don't want the pastor sharing his faith. They want somebody that is close to them, somebody that knows them, to tell them, hey, you know what? I want to tell you about my faith. And that they could hear it from a friend, 88%. Now, you know what's the scary thing about this number? The next one. That 95% of Christians have never shared their faith in Christ with somebody else. 95%. So 88% want a friend to tell them, but 95% of Christians will not share it. That means that it's up to 5% only that decide, okay, I'm going to share my faith with somebody. Do you think that this teaching from today is important? You better believe it. 
If we're going to make a difference in this world, we need to grasp on to what we're going to talk about here. So in order for us to share our faith with others first, we need to see the need. If you don't see the need of sharing your faith, you're never going to do it. You got to see the need of sharing your faith with others. Why? Listen to this. Because you cannot reach what you cannot see. You cannot reach what you cannot see. If you don't see it, okay, you can't change it. You need to see it, okay, in order to change it. You need to see the need of reaching the lost. Have you ever been on a street, okay, and you need to get to the left lane. And all of a sudden, you have your turning signal on. This happens in Miami all the time. All right? And nobody lets you in. You see, like when I go to Birmingham or I go to North Carolina, I put my turning signal on, and the car from back there already starts to stop. Like three cars stop. And they're like inviting you to get in, you know? But in Miami, you put your turn signal, and it's like if the people get closer. Has that ever happened to you? And there they make eye contact with you. Because you know? they're like with their hands on the wheel. They won't even look. They know you're there and you're like looking at them. You're like, and they won't look. They're like grabbing on harder to the steering wheel. You know? Until they, some, finally, you either cut it in front of somebody. I know you guys are Christians. You guys don't do that. Only the pastor does. That's why I drive a Hummer. Anyways. Either you cut in in front of somebody or somebody nice enough makes contact with you and not even happily, they're like, get in, just get in. You know, like if you try to cut in front of Diego, Diego, you see him singing here, he's all happy and everything, we're just like, just get in, you know. You know that the moment that they acknowledge you, they have to do something about it. The moment that they make eye contact, they're either going to let you in or they're going to ignore you completely. You see, the moment that you see the need, you either do something about it or you decide to just completely ignore it. But you can't stay the same when you see the need. There's something that needs to happen. The same is with the lost. If you don't see that they are lost and that you are the answer to help them, then nothing is ever going to happen. Come with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Jesus is our example of seeing the need and doing something about it. This is a beautiful scripture. It says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. Jesus was doing good wherever he went. And then we get to the scripture, seeing the crowds. What happened? He saw what? He saw the need. He saw the crowds. He saw the people. He felt compassion for them. When you hear these numbers of the people being lost, does it just cause anything or do you feel compassion for them? Jesus saw the need. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast. Isn't that the condition of our world today right now? The way that the people feel? How do they feel distressed, downcasted, depressed, frustrated? Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. 
oh, there's a lot of people to reach. There's a lot of work to do. But the workers are few. Only 5% share their faith. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest, that's him, to send out workers into his harvest. So you know what I've been pleading this week as I was getting ready to preach this message today? Lord, send Numa Church into the harvest. Let the people that are going to be sitting in front of me, let the people that are going to be watching online see the need and say, Lord, I want to be used to make a difference. I want to be used to answer that need. I I see it, Lord. And I want to do something about it. That was my prayer this week. And, and And I want to ask you something about this because if God would answer all your prayers, would it change the world or would it only change you? I want you to think about that for a moment. If God answered all your prayers, would it only change you? Or would it change the world? We got to see what we're praying, guys. Another scripture, look at what Jesus says here, John 4, 35. He says, and don't you have a saying, it is still four months until the harvest? Look at to me real quick. Back then, in that time, they had sort of a saying to like, sort of like, just slack off a little bit. Just to like, well, you know, we'll take care of this later. And what was that saying? Well, you know what? Yeah, 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 there's a harvest, but there's still four months to get to that harvest. We don't really need to take care of that now. We, we don't need to look foolish trying to preach to this person or talking to that person. How about if they say no to you, you're going to feel rejected. Let's, let's, let's put that off for a little bit. Isn't there four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes. You got to see it to do something about it. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Look out, guys. Listen, this whole COVID thing could be the biggest opportunity the church has had in about 50 or 60 years. Not for us to run. To make a difference. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So in order to make a difference, number one, we got to see the need. Number two, write this down. We got to accept the personal responsibility. And I'm going to give you the methods in a second, but I got to tell you these two things because if you don't understand these two things, then it doesn't matter how many methods I give you to share your faith, nothing's going to happen. Number one, you see the need. Number two, you accept the personal responsibility. What does that mean? This is what it means, that you're plan A and there's no plan B. <laughs> you're plan A. There's nobody else coming. It's Jesus who you need to preach. No, pastors, that I'm waiting for you to do it. Pastor, I'm going to bring you a visit every Sunday from here to the end of the year. That's awesome. Bring me visits. And they're going to, I'm doing my part. (laughs) I'm going to try my best. But I need you guys to do your part. I need you to go out there and communicate. Listen to what I want to tell you. If you don't share with them, I can't guarantee that somebody else will do it. You might be that only person that's going to share with those people, you. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 to 20. And the Apostle Paul says this, And all this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God, pay attention, has given us. Has given who? Has given who? The pastor. The apostle. The prophet. No, he has given us the task, the homework. I know some of you guys didn't like homework. If you're like me, I didn't like homework. Maybe you procrastinate like I would do. Okay, if I had a project to turn in on Monday at 8 in the morning, I would wait till Sunday at 11.30 at night to start it. Okay, and maybe you're like that. Well, guess what, guys? Look at me real quick. It's Sunday at 11.30. It's time to start that task. He has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Pay attention. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Who has the message of reconciliation? Us. Okay? Us. We have the message of reconciliation. So we are, listen to what your title is. What am I, pastor? You're God's ambassador. You're God's ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. Pay attention. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. You know that another word for pleading is begging? A second ago, I begged the man to sign up for the conference. Well, God is begging through Christ that you may be reconciled to him. The King of kings, Lord of all, creator of everything, is begging. You imagine that? What a wonderful king we have. And he pleads, come back to God. So we got to see the need and we got to accept the personal responsibility. Now, I want to answer the question. So how do I share my faith with others? Three methods. Number one, if you've been around this church long enough, you're going to probably know this method off the bat when I say it. And it's a method that we use for many years in this place, and it's called evangelism explosion. All right? In good Cuban terms, evangelismo explosivo. That's what we called it back in the day. And what is that? Well, that, okay, I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's the best evangelism method that I have ever used in my life. Actually, as I was preparing this message, I'm like, I'm actually really considering of bringing this thing back and making a small group of evangelism explosion to teach people how to evangelize because it's so powerful. And you might be here and you're like, Pastor, what is that? I've never heard about that. Well, it's very simple. It focuses on five points. And those five points, you could actually use your hand. You have a hand? Anybody? You brought your hand to church today? All right, take a look at your hand. All right, okay. Your thumb, okay, this is this method, evangelism, your thumb, it talks about God's grace. And what are you going to tell people? That heaven is a gift, okay? Heaven is a gift. What do you use a thumb for? Back in my days, okay, there was no Uber, all right? You had to catch a taxi or sometimes you needed to get a what? 
a ride. Some of the young people are like, oh, what? Man, you used to stand on Calle Ocho. I did this a bunch of times. And I, you would go like this. What does that mean? You're going in that direction. Can somebody pick you up and take you in the direction that you're going? Pastor, you would ride with a stranger? Well, don't you get an Uber? Do you know that guy? And you pay him. Back in those days, you don't pay the guy. You're like, hey, bro, thank you for picking me up man, and dropping me off. Is Uber at 100% better? You know what? If you're an Uber driver, I love you, man. But anyway, so your thumb, okay? What is your thumb? Where's your thumb pointing? Your thumb is pointing up. So you're going to remember this. You're going to tell somebody, you know what? Heaven is a gift, okay? Heaven is a gift, okay? And you can't do anything to earn it or to receive it. What do you do with a gift? You take a gift in. What happens if you reject the gift? Well, that looks really bad on you. What do you do with a gift? You take a gift. Okay, this finger, all right, your index finger. What does the index finger do? It points. What does the index finger speaks of? Man. And what is man? Man is a sinner. We've all sinned. And the Bible says we've fallen short of the glory of God, and man cannot save himself. So the thumb, heaven is a gift. But man has sinned, okay, and you can't reach heaven on your own. And then you get to the middle finger. I'm going to be very careful how I raise my middle finger here. <laughs> I'm going to raise my middle finger like this. I look like Jesus in some of those old paintings, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> look at the middle finger, unless you have a weird hand, all right? Your middle finger is longer than every other finger that you have in your hand. Why is your middle finger the biggest? Because God is the biggest. So the middle finger talks about who? Talks about God. And what do you say in that part? God is love. God is a God of what? God is a God of love, and he doesn't want to punish you. All right? But he is just, and he has to punish sin. Heaven is a gift. Man is a sinner. He can save himself. God is love. He loves you, but he needs to punish sin. This finger over here, okay, the ring finger, all right, your ring finger. Some of you guys don't wear a ring. I wear my ring. Baby, you have your ring on today? There you go, baby. Show me your hand. That lady right there in the front row, that's my wife, and she's taken, by the way. Anyways, all right, the ring finger, you got to clear up those things when you come to church. The ring finger talks about who? Talks about Jesus. The ring finger talks about Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is both God and man, okay? And Jesus died on a cross and rose, okay, again to give us a new life or to bring us into relationship with God, okay? You see it? Heaven is a gift. Man is a sinner. God loves you, but he's just. So he sent Jesus to bring you into God's family and how do you receive that gift? The small finger, okay? The small finger, the little finger, okay? What does that mean? That you need faith. You receive him by faith. What kind of faith? Saving faith, okay? Not every faith that we have is saving faith. What does that mean? I could think, well, I have faith that Pastor Max is going to come and have lunch with me today. I hope he does, okay? But that's not saving faith. Saving faith is trusting completely that what Jesus Christ did on the cross was sufficient to pay for my sins. 
Okay? What's the little finger? It's as small as a mustard seed. That's the faith that we need. Heaven is a gift. Man is a sinner. He can't save himself. God loves him, but he's just. He has to punish that sin. He sent Jesus to bring you into God's family to die for your sin. How do you receive Jesus? Through faith. Is that simple? Can we put the, the whole, look at it right there. Oh, look at this. Oh, that's a scary one right there. That's a scary one to see in church, but no, no, it's the ring finger. All right. Use that method. I know a lot of people will come to the Lord. A lot of people came to the Lord through me as I would go and share this with other people. The second method okay, that we could use to bring other people to the Lord. You know what it is? Your testimony. There's nothing more powerful than your story. You know why that is? Because nobody could say that that's not your story. You could talk to an atheist and tell that person, hey, this is my story with God, and they can refute that because it's your story. What are they going to say? No, that didn't happen to you. Oh, really? (laughs) All right? So when you're talking about your testimony, I see the Apostle Paul using this over and over again to preach the good news of Jesus. You can write this down. The Apostle Paul in Acts 22, in Acts 26, he uses his testimony. And when you're talking about your testimony, okay, there's three things that you need to have clear. Number one, how was your life before Christ? How was your life before Christ? I want to tell you, we all have a life before Christ. It doesn't matter how holy you might look today in church. (laughs) Well, we all have a life before Christ. Some of us have a little bit more messy life than others. But we all have a life before Christ. So you know what I am going to encourage you to do? Look over here. Sit at home with an iPad or with a good old notebook and pencil. And try to write in 150 words or less. Pastor, this sounds like Twitter. Exactly. In 150 words or less, how your life was before Christ. Pastor, I have 151 words. It's too long. Try to get it in 150 words. How your life was before Christ. Then the second part of your testimony, okay, is what Christ did for you. What did Christ do for you? Share a specific moment that you knew that you had to make a decision for Jesus. Whatever that was. Whether it was a mess that happened in your life. Whether somebody left you. whether But the moment that you said, okay, I hit rock bottom and this is the moment that I got to make this decision. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to take that little iPad or that pencil or that notebook and then you're going to write it in 150 words. This is how I came to Christ. This is what he did for me. And then the third thing, okay, is the hope of eternal life you have now through Jesus and what that has produced in you. How your life was before Christ, what he did for you, and the hope that now you have in Christ. And what are you going to do, church? You're going to write it down in 150 words or... Oh my God, only one person got it? You're going to write it in 150 words or? All right, that, good mathematicians, how many words do we have in total here? 150, 150, and 150, that equals? If you play dominoes, you got to have the numbers quick in your head, 450. All right, 450 words 
you have your testimony. You know what you're going to do? You're going to read that over and over and over, and you're going to learn it by memory, okay? Because according to people that do this, you could say those 450 words, if you have them orderly in your mind, in about three minutes. In three minutes, you could tell somebody your testimony about who Jesus Christ is through your life. Oh, pastor, but I can't say it in three minutes because I got to say, you know, when this happened and that, all that is cute and all that is good, but no, not for this. You need to be precise. You need to be precise. So your testimony, okay? Number one, that evangelism explosion, okay? Your hand, heaven is a gift, man is a sinner. God loves you, but he has to punish sin. He sent Jesus and you receive him through faith. Number two, okay, is what is your testimony? And then the third method that you could use, okay, is called the four pictures of God. The four pictures of God. And actually, this is a method that we've learned from Dr. John Maxwell, and he uses this method. Who's heard of Dr. John Maxwell before? Okay, amazing uh, teacher on leadership and concepts of leadership. And Dr. John Maxwell travels all over the world, okay? And they invite him to, you know, Fortune 500 companies. They invite him to speak to presidents and leaders of government. And whenever he's giving a speech or he's teaching a seminar, you know what he does? This is amazing. He'll teach, okay, for one or two days. And then when he's wrapping up, he'll say the following. He says, now, whoever's interested in finding out of what is the real key to the success that I've had in leadership, come back at such time and just give me 15 minutes. I want to share my faith with you. And you know what happens in all those leadership meetings? Usually about 80% of those people come back to hear what he has to say about his faith. And they all sit there while Dr. Maxwell sits up on a chair on the stage and he shares the four pictures of God. What are those four pictures of God? Well, the first picture is the picture of a locked gate. You can write that down. I'm going to take a picture behind me. A locked gate. What does that mean? That a lot of people see God as a locked gate. That he's on one side and you're on the other side of that gate. And even though you're trying to do things, you can never reach him. You can never get to where he's at. You see... Religion is that way. You try to do things, but it's never enough to get to where God is. That's a picture that a lot of people have of God. Number two, the second picture is the picture of a garbage can. The picture of a garbage can. What does that mean? That God doesn't want you. God doesn't want you because you've done too many bad things. He doesn't want you around. You're not good enough for God. A lot of people feel like that. But I want to tell you something, and I want you to understand this so when you share it with others. God has seen you on your worst day, and he still chose you. He saw you on your worst day. Talk about grace. Oof. You ain't no garbage can. 
You're precious to him. He saw you messing up and he was right there. And today you're sitting in church, listening to this preacher, trying to get your life right side up. Maybe your life is a mess right now. And you felt like everybody else's garbage can. And God says, you're not a garbage can to me. You're precious to me. That's the way a lot of people see God. That's the view that they have. The third picture is of an endless ladder. An endless ladder. What does that mean? That you could get there, but it's a lot of work. And the reality is that as you start climbing that ladder, the ladder gets longer and longer and longer, and you don't even see where the end of that ladder is. How many good things do I have to do? How much do I have to try? I'm so far away. What is the view that God requires a lot from you and you can't do enough? That's also another point of view of religion. Oh, God is up there and you're all the way over here. And you got to try all these things to get to where he's at. But that's not what the Bible says, church. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that it's by faith that you are saved. It is by faith, it is by grace that you and I are saved, not by good works so that nobody may boast. That's what the Bible says. That you won't get in front of God and say, it's because I did it. No, it's by his grace. So pastor, what is the true picture of God if you're ever sharing this method? Okay, the lock gate, the garbage can, the endless ladder, or this is the right picture of God. What is it? A free gift. And what Dr. Maxwell will tell the people is, I want you to use your imagination and, and think of this beautiful gift that is being presented to you. What do you do with, with a gift? You open it. You enjoy it. You tell the person, thank you for giving this to me. For many people right now, that gift is still left unopened. Many still have not opened that gift, but I want to tell you something, and this is what you're going to tell those people. If you open that gift, it will change your life. And that is the right view of God. And at that moment, you just tell that person, does this make sense to you? And they'll be like, yes, it does. Do you want to receive that free gift today? And then you lead them to the prayer of salvation. I hope that these three methods that I've shared with you this morning, whether you're watching, you're here, become useful and that you actually use them. Today, I can't wait to dismiss the service because I want to send you out there and today, I challenge you that before the week ends, you find somebody and you try this on them. Find somebody, find your neighbor. Find that obnoxious person that you see them coming this way and you go the other way because they're always talking. This time you go and look for them and like, hey, man, I've been waiting for you. They're being like, oh, for real? And they're ready to start talking. Like, no, 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 hold on. You got to listen to what I got to say first. And then you just go. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads real quick, close your eyes right there where you're at. 
it's time to land this plane this morning. But I know that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. Because, like I said before, you're God's plan A and there's no plan B. Now, if you're here this morning or watching through that camera, you could be either of the group that already knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you're going to take these tools to go out there and make a difference. Or you might be of that group that has seen God as a lock gate. You've seen yourself as a garbage can, or you've seen that endless ladder that you can't get to God. And I want to tell you today, I got some great news for you. There's a free gift that he has for you right there where you're at. I want you with your eyes closed and head bowed, just to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message? And right there where you're at, just let him speak to your heart as we sing a song of worship. Let's go, guys. Oh, what a Savior Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah Christ is Bow down before him, for he is Lord of Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Oh, what a come to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to be sure that if your eyes close here one moment and your eyes open up the next moment and you're in front of God and God asks you, why should I let you in 
to heaven? Your answer would be a simple one because there was a moment in my life when I invited Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I know that he died to pay for my sin and to give me the gift of eternal life. And if you're in this room today or you're watching through that camera and you want to make that decision right there where you're at with your eyes closed and head bowed, I want you to make this prayer with me. In church, you're going to help me make this prayer. You're going to say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming to earth to live a perfect life and to die for me on the cross. Today, I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life, which is a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Jesus, now I ask you to take me by the hand into the arms of my Father. And Father, at this moment, I declare that I am your son or your daughter and that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that you could use me to make a difference in this world. I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people say, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. Come on. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.